The other day, Donald Trump announced that he would be deploying armed soldiers to the D.C. area and that if governors wouldn't take care of the riots, he would deploy the military to take care of the problem for them. Many people decried this, mostly people on the left, saying that Donald Trump was threatening to shoot American people. And it's what dictators do. They claimed that he gassed peaceful protesters in order to get a photo shoot. Now, these things are framing devices. It's hard to know what people actually think, especially when journalists sit on Twitter and just write what Twitter's opinion is and not the American people. We want to know what the American people think. Well, we now have a poll from Morning Consult showing that the overwhelming majority of Americans support the National Guard being deployed to shut down these riots. A smaller majority believes the military should be deployed to shut down these riots. Now, in all fairness, we do have a confusing poll from YouGov showing that it is a minority of people, but still a decent amount, 41% saying the army should be deployed. But the language there is confusing. Suffice it to say, the American people want the National Guard to shut these things down. Because they aren't, Americans have been taking up arms to do it on their own. And there are some horrifying stories coming out, man. We are sitting on the brink of something truly devastating. Perhaps we've already entered the civil war. I I, I believe we're in the early stages, to be honest. The other day, we heard stories about looters losing their lives. We heard stories about Philadelphia, explosions rocking the city overnight. The official report is that these are people stealing ATMs using explosive devices. But I want to start by showing you what's going on with how the Americans feel, with how the American people feel based on just this one poll and some confusing data. I know, I'm sorry, it is confusing, but it's important that we, we, we read through this and try to understand what it is. And I want to show you a statement from Governor Andrew Cuomo, who has seemed to flip flopped, criticizing the president, but now threatening to displace Mayor Bill de Blasio. This is New York City, one of the biggest and most prominent cities in the country, if not the. And now we're seeing even the governor who would criticize Trump's call for the military say he's going to essentially overthrow the mayor of New York to bring in the National Guard. And I want to show you how people are responding. A record amount of guns have been sold in May. The Second Amendment has never been stronger. Any argument against it has fallen. And, and I see the conservatives laughing, but yeah, 40% of the record-breaking 6 million gun purchases were first-time buyers. How many of these people either were anti-2A or uninterested? And how many of them after this are going to say, I want my rights? Let's get started and read about what may happen if these riots continue, the deployment of the military into U.S. cities, potentially in Trump invoking the Insurrection Act. This is from Breitbart. Silent majority polls show American voters support use of military National Guard in riots. Now, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash Dudit if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, share this video. I'm competing with the mainstream media who for some reason has been incessantly defending the riots. I, I don't know who they're, who they're pandering to or they're speaking to. I know that I, as a regular American, to a certain degree, I understand I have a big YouTube channel. I'm not the same as a working class American, but I live in the suburbs, man. I got a backyard. I got a garden. I got friends and family. I want to be safe. I don't like what's going on. It is worrisome to say the least. It is horrifying to many people in the cities just on the other side of that river from me in Philly, where people are, 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 there's explosions overnight. The media has been defending this. It's not an exaggeration to say 
I mean, I literally have a story. TV journalists defend and excuse nights of rioting. I'm competing against these people. If you think what I have to say and what I'm showing you is important, then I then please consider sharing this because I don't have the powerful marketing budget they do. Otherwise, if you just want to watch, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. Yeah, I know YouTube makes it hard, but uh, maybe that'll be enough for them to recommend this. But let's read the news from Breitbart. They say a new poll by Morning Consult found that large majorities of American voters, including a majority of Democrat supporters, back the use of the National Guard to address the riots and protests tearing apart cities around the nation. A smaller majority of Americans supports using the military. The poll backs up the president's claim that a silent majority is on his side in cracking down unrest. Now, I I do want to step in and say I'm not entirely sure what the president's claim was. He literally just tweeted silent majority. I think he's saying that they support him. I, I do. But to be fair, that's my assumption. I mean, he literally just tweeted those words. So who knows what it really means? Richard Hanania tweeted, Washington and the top brass military would rather fight in the Middle East than keep peace in American cities. Today, polls shows 66% of military favor sending in the troops with 27% opposed among all voters. It's 58 to 30. This from the morning consult. Breitbart says 71% of polled American voters said they support the use of the National Guard to supplement city police forces in addressing protests and demonstrations. The poll did not use the word riots in American cities. Think about that. It did not say riots. Now that to me can be worrying. I like the protests, the real ones. I like the protest in DC where they grabbed the Antifa guy and said, get out of here. We're upset. This George Floyd lost his life. This was was murder. I know it's bold to say it was, and he's being charged with murder. So I'm not trying to be hyperbolic or, or argue semantics. Literally, the guy was charged with murder. And we're all upset about it. So th- these people are protesting. And it seems like people are OK with that protest being shut down. That could be worry- worrying. But let's let's read more. Of these, 42 percent of voters said they strongly support the use of the National Guard. And 29 percent said they somewhat support it. Only 11 percent strongly oppose the measure and 9 percent somewhat oppose. Republicans are more likely than Democrats to support the use of the National Guard. But a large majority of Democrats, 63%, either strongly or somewhat support it as well. African-American voters are evenly split on the use of the National Guard. 43% of polled African-American voters either strongly oppose or somewhat oppose use of the National Guard. Hispanic voters support the use of the National Guard as well, 54% strongly or somewhat. They say a smaller majority of Americans, 58%, support the use of the U.S. military to supplement city police forces. Republicans are again more likely. Listen, if you've been following my channel over the past several years, then none of this will surprise you because I have repeatedly said this will happen. As Antifa escalated their tactics and brought insurgency to our streets, it was only a matter of time before regular Americans who live in the suburbs and vote Democrat even just want to go to the mall and get that cheeseburger. I want to relax after a hard day's work. I want to know that my kids and my family are safe and they'll have a better life. It was only a matter of time before these people said, enough, please send in the military. We're at 58% of voters saying saying as such. And I believe 71% was the number of individuals. 71% of voters want the National Guard. These people are now begging for military intervention. 
because of the escalating tactics of the far left extremists and those affiliated with Antifa. It's exactly what you could expect to happen. What comes next is is predictable and it gets scary. But in all fairness, I want to show you a conflicting poll, which I believe is wrong and and harder to use as a data point. YouGov says 52% say Trump's plan to deploy U.S. military in American cities is inappropriate. That's actually that's actually not true. It doesn't say that. What the poll actually says is that it's inappropriate for Trump to say he will do it. I know this may be, you know, arguing semantics or, you know, getting into the nitty gritty, maybe looking into it too deep. I can't look at this poll and tell you anything definitive because I don't know why people would 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 say yes or no to this. There's a possibility some of these people said Trump should just do it and shouldn't talk about it. There's a lot of people who said Trump is all bark and no bite. So maybe they're saying Trump should just be doing it. I don't Perhaps it is as simple as to say that YouGov found a conflicting poll, but I couldn't draw a conclusion from this. And I hope you understand you can take it for how you want. That's why I'm showing it to you. I know people are going to be like, Tim's denying this, the, the, the polling. and to make No, 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 no. I'm showing you on purpose to make sure you can have the context. But even within this poll, 41% say it's appropriate for Trump to say he will deploy the U.S. military on American cities. And I'll tell you why. Our businesses are being destroyed, first from the coronavirus, now from the rioting. And people just want to live. They want they to, they just want to live, man. How many people just wanted to go ride their skateboard to the streets and they couldn't do it for months? They're frustrated. They're terrified. They're angry. And they want something to be done about this because Bill de Blasio has failed. Interestingly, Andrew Cuomo of New York agrees. In this breaking story I have from the Post Millennial, New York Governor Cuomo threatens to displace Mayor de Blasio and bring in the National Guard. De Blasio said the National Guard would only make things worse. I don't know who de Blasio thinks his voters are or who he's trying to pander to. This has gone beyond getting reelected. Do your job. Your job is to protect the people. And when when thousands of people, this is what happened last night, thousands of people formed roving packs of individuals looting stores up and down the streets of New York. 700 got arrested. Now is not the time to defend the fringe faction of looters who are rampaging through your streets. Now is the time to protect the good citizens. This is just one city and one example. But these protests are happening in 30 plus cities. We have what, 29 states with some kind of emergency declaration or National Guard presence. The millennial writes, New York, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has said that given the failure of Mayor Bill de Blasio to get control of New York City last night, he may take action to remove the mayor from his post. New York City is no stranger, stranger to peaceful protest. And as a peaceful city with a large population, protests happen with relative frequency. However, the protests that began several days ago have given way to riots and criminal activity. Cuomo said, quote, I believe the mayor underestimates the scope of the problem. I think he underestimates the duration of the problem, and I don't think they used enough police to address the situation because it's inarguable that it was not addressed last night. What happened in New York City was inexcusable. Here we have two politicians desperately pleading for reelection, and I think it's disgusting. The reason why I will call out Bill de Blasio is that he's pandering and refusing to take action. He's saying, oh, it'll make things worse. It'll make things worse. People are destroying your city. Okay, it's not an issue of suppressing rights. It's an issue of the National Guard protecting rights. It's not about protecting property. It's about protecting the peaceful protests that the National Guard has actually spoken up to in defense of. 
There have been problems with the National Guard so far, and it worries me it does. But how can we have peaceful protest when roving gangs are looting and destroying everything and taking, it op- taking advantage of this? Andrew Cuomo, the governor, has pointed out there are peaceful protesters in New York, and he's right. I hope you've all seen the video of the people in, I think it was DC, I'm not sure, who captured the Antifa guy and stopped him. My respect to all the peaceful protesters who are standing up for what they believe in. But these things give way to riots, and that's why we need to secure them. And so, yeah, you can disrupt. You can have civil disruption. You can go out, even though it flies in the face of all the COVID precautions. Sure, whatever. But we need something more. But Andrew Cuomo is a flip-flopper. And and I'll be fair here, but particularly this tweet. Cuomo said the president is calling out the American military against American citizens. He used the military to push out a peaceful protest so he could have a photo op at a church. It's all just a reality TV show for this president. Shameful. Completely absurd. And Cuomo now saying he's going to displace, he's going to displace de Blasio to bring the National Guard is a tidbit hypocritical. Okay, okay, you can argue the National Guard is different from the military. But who was out in, in D.C. clearing out those protesters? I mean, listen, I don't think it matters if it's Army or National Guard. It's, it's relatively the same thing, right? Overturning the police bringing in more forces, or I should say working with those forces. So it does seem a tad hypocritical that these polls come out. This is what many conservatives have brought up. He says this, the morning consult poll come, you know, it's getting more prominence because I believe it came out last night. And then all of a sudden he's like, no, 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 I think I'm going to have to do this. Meanwhile, the people of Philadelphia, the people of Florida are taking action in their own hands. Residents stocking up on guns say they'll defend against looters. In this tweet from Jack Posobiec, he says rooftop Phillies in Philadelphia. It's, it's, it's the metro, metro area where I live. People are on their rooftops with AR-15s. The other day, there was a series of explosions. People uh, don't know what it was. Just throughout the night, explosions going off. I don't know what this is. They say on the news that people were stealing ATMs and no one could stop them. If the police can't stop widespread explosions from going off, then yeah, we need the National Guard. And when you don't have the National Guard, what do you get? Rooftop Phillies. Over in Florida, something interesting happened. The sheriff has warned potential rioters, the people of Polk County like their guns. And beyond that, he said that he hopes, he hopes the people use them. Here's what he said. A floor, uh, according to the story from uh, WATE, Florida sheriff addressed rumors on social media of riot activity trickling into residential neighborhoods Monday, warning would-be agitators that the people of Polk County like guns, they have guns. I would, I would tell them, if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County, said Sheriff Grady Judd. I encourage them to own guns, and they're going to be inside their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes tonight and try to steal them to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of their house with their guns. Whoa. Talk about a bold statement. But that's where we're at. In three months, six million guns sold. The American people, I can totally understand why they want the National Guard coming in. All of these people who have said they want gun control for the past several years, maybe even decades, many of them now going and buying weapons because the National Guard isn't there. More so because the police have failed. Governor Cuomo has said the police and de Blasio have failed, and he wants to call in the National Guard. When the, pe- when the people of this country realize you can't call anyone, you live in New York, there's no one to call. What do you think they do? 
It's a viral tweet from a progressive writer who last year said something like, now is the best time to talk about, or actually, I think it may have been recent. Now is the best time to talk about gun violence, they said. And then they posted another tweet where they said there was a tense standoff with their neighbors and rioters, so they called 911. And the police said, sir, the city is under attack. What would you have us do? Do what you have to do, and then hung up. In New York City, they said this. I think back to all of the liberal friends I had who had asked me in the past, is there any reason to own a gun? I have a friend who actually asked me that once. And there's a story I often tell, you may have seen it on the IRL podcast recently, about how I lived in Miami, in the Redlands, which is about 40 minutes outside the city. And someone hopped the fence. We have a six foot high fence. Someone hopped in, was snooping around our property. It's a big property. It was a barn. What do we do? Who do we call? There's no police anywhere. You see, when you live in the country, when you live far away, I think this is why a lot of conservatives get it. You live far away, you have to rely on yourself. Where's your food? How much do you have? What work are you doing to prepare for the worst? No one there will protect you. There's no police. Liberals in big cities are getting a hard wake up call right now when they realize what life is like when there aren't police. What do you do? Now we're seeing, according to this story, 40%. Let me let me try and find the right number. A recent survey of firearm retailers shows us that 40% of these gun buyers are buying a firearm for the first time. Mark Olivas, spokesman for the group, said in a statement, of those first-time gun owners, 40% are women, and these buyers are overwhelmingly purchasing handguns for personal protection. I've got some uh, some horrifying stories that I don't know if I can show you, but uh, I, I, I don't think I can play them. I'll just tell you them. A retired police officer killed outside of a pawn shop the other day, looters. There was a, a rioting happening in Minneapolis. Looters came in, and uh, the pawn shop owner is now charged with murder for trying to stop one of them. These things are happening all over the place. There's a video, a viral video right now on Twitter of an Asian man with an AR-15 pointing it at a looter. I can't show these clips as, as YouTube won't let me, but you need to know what's happening all around you in this country. Let me show you what happened in 2014. This is a story from the new inquiry called In Defense of Looting. I've talked about it quite a bit. I want to explain to you now in reference to Trump's statements about the military coming in and why Americans want it to happen. When I was in Ferguson, they were defending the businesses, the local people, the people from Ferguson. They didn't want to see their community burnt to the ground. Outside forces were coming in looting, much like we're seeing in most of these other cities right now. Opportunists are coming in to steal what they can. Well, what does the activist left do? They write stories like this. They say, for most of America's history, one of the most righteous anti-white supremacist tactics available was looting. This is a lie. And, you, and you'll understand why it's a lie if you look over to the website, It's Going Down, which has a manual describing or giving you instructions on how to form an Antifa cell. Trump has said that Antifa it will be designated terrorists. Many people on the left have defended this, especially in media. Do you know why? It's actually quite simple. According to this handbook published by It's Going Down, to form an active cell, you must have no name. That way they can't formally declare you a group. You must obfuscate your hierarchy if you, if, and, and depending on how you set things up, keep it cloudy so that no one knows. Only let in people you trust and don't have an open you know, uh, enrollment process. Everyone must be hard vetted. And they say, you must pretend to be a part of other liberal groups like Black Lives Matter. The reason why they write in defense of looting 
is because they want to create cover for these fringe extremist far left cells that operate, that are funded, that organize, then show up to peaceful protests and commandeer them for their ideological gain. You see, we've seen all these videos popping up where Black Lives Matter activists and peaceful protesters have been trying to stop Antifa, far left extremists. We call them Antifa, but it's a broad, it's a broad spectrum of what this represents. Typically, it means the people who fly the banner and have the tattoos. Peaceful protesters have been calling them out. Black Lives Matter has been calling them out. That's a problem for the extremists who need this as cover to foment some kind of revolution in their minds. So what they do is they have allies in media who write things like this, saying that, no, no, looting isn't, you know, uh, just reckless destruction. It's, 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 it's fighting against the machine and the system. No, this is a way to justify the riots, to encourage people to go out. Because I'll tell you this, the regular people I hear about, the friends of mine who say they want to go and protest, they're the snowflakes. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. They're the people who think, you know, uh, they're, they're the beautiful, unique snowflakes with a voice who want their voice to be heard. Respectable. I mean it. But together, it forms an avalanche. Now, you can have a pile of snow and it's fine. There needs to be a catalyst for the avalanche and those who would misuse it. And that's what we have with these pieces in defense of looting. These are the people who want to convince you that the looting is okay. You know, when you come out to protest and it turns into riots and looting, don't be mad. Don't be upset. Please come back out because if you stay home, we can't keep doing what we're doing to destroy everything. That's what they say, because their goal is simple. They don't care for the justice. They don't care for any of this. They want to just strip everything down and destroy it. That's why they've been planting bricks all over cities. We believe we've seen some evidence. That's why they've been giving out weapons and destroying homeless people's property. When you come out and protest, they use that as cover to engage in these riots. If you, as an individual protester, get scared of the looting and rioting and feel bad about it so you don't come out anymore, well, now they no longer have the cover they need to engage in this behavior. Thus, they must tell you it's defensible. It's not. Small businesses in the black community being destroyed is not saving anyone. And they tell you the same lies. If you care more about the, the, the looting and the, the, this black man's life who was taken away, then you're part of the problem. It's just not true. If you as an individual truly care about protecting the innocent, then you care about the man who lost his life and the livelihoods of the people in the black community who are suffering and having their homes destroyed by these far left extremists. We now have people across this country in a variety of videos taking up arms to defend their communities. Seattle, Washington suburb, keeping guard from looters in their neighborhood. We have this video. I don't know where this is from. Uh, Upland, it says. Let's see. This, this man is a reporter out of, it doesn't really say, unfortunately. It, uh, I'm not sure where this place is. It looks like it may be Florida, but we can see a man with an AR-15. Apparently, he got arrested for it, though. People across this country are taking up arms to defend against the looters, and the activists and the extremists will tell you it's because they want to defend some kind of white supremacy or some other nonsense. That's just not true, man. They're telling you lies, and they're feeding you insane things. Donald Trump came out the other day and he took a photo in front of the church. And strangely, some bishop condemned him for it, saying he was using their imagery or whatever. You know what? If you care more about Trump taking a picture in front of a church than the fact that far left extremists tried to destroy a church last night, you are part of the problem. Now, I'm being a bit hyperbolic, 
I think a lot of people are concerned about the silliness of what they view as a photo op. I'm not going to give you my personal opinion, but I'll just tell you this. Trump didn't apparently order any protests to be gassed or anything like that. It was curfew and the police cleared out the protesters in front of the White House. You can be for or against it. That's not the point. Donald Trump came out to take a photo to, uh, to take a photo in front of the church to show that our national landmark still stands. The far left extremists did not destroy it. And he did it to show that he is in control. The U.S. government is in control of what's happening. The rioters are not dictating anything. They were saying last night he was a coward hiding in his bunker. He proved them wrong. You can hate him for it. You can scream all you want. Whatever. That's why he did it. And as much as the people are saying they hate it, Trump spoke and said he would do this. The polls show the overwhelming majority want the National Guard out. And you can argue 41% or 58% want the military out, overriding posse comitatus with the Insurrection Act in all likelihood, which is rarely done. I believe it was done in 1992 was the last time. I'm not sure. I don't know where we are heading, heading now, but it does feel like we are in the early stages of civil war because extremists are planting weapons, because media organizations are defending the protests and Antifa and the riot. I'm sorry, not the protests, the riots. They're defending it outright. How can we stand if the president and the federal government says the riots are wrong, but the media says the riots are right? How can we stand when half of the people say Trump is a dictator going after his own people, peaceful protesters, and the other half is saying they don't care if it's a protest or not, send in the military? We can't. We cannot stand. So I hope you've taken the necessary precautions, but I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast News, and I'll see you all then. The other day, CNN defended the riots live on air. Their reporter said that what you were seeing was just the language of the unheard. Rioters uh, last night in Manhattan went up and down Broadway, just ransacking and destroying everything and looting everything. These people aren't doing this because they're ideologically driven. They're just trying to take stuff. Law and order is breaking down. The reason why I think it's breaking down is that we are in a civil war. I know. You might be saying, Tim, that's ridiculous. We're not in a civil war. There's no factions, blah, blah, blah. I, whatever, man. Listen, we, we, we look back at history, at our civil war, and we say that's what it's supposed to be. Two factions clearly defined, drawing borders and then marching into each other's territories. No, that is not a civil war. That's what we call civil war in our country. But civil war is when two factions fight for control over one government and they do it through violence. We are now essentially in this territory. The difficult thing about whether or not we're in a civil war is, do you see it? Is it overt, right? It's like, do I know it when I see it? Well, well, listen, maybe it's not so easy to see yet, but I'd be willing to bet a large sum of money that in the next 50 to 100 years, they look back and say, this is the thick of things. And maybe it even started a long time ago. But the reason why I'm saying this is because cops are getting shot in the head, like you can see on your screen right now. Cops are getting ambushed. Innocent people are dying. There are videos popping up of the uh, ideological extremists state like uh, attacking people and beating them and destroying stores. And there's videos of police point blank shooting tear gas canisters in the face of a guy in Grand Rapids. Trump right now said he is sending out the, the armed for the military, I believe armed soldiers to D.C. And Bill Barr is sending out riot control to D.C. and Miami. Let's talk about what it means to be in a civil war. Perhaps it's when CNN defends the rioters. Perhaps then it's when 
Donald Trump condemns Antifa as terrorists. And perhaps it's when Joe Biden, the other candidate's staff, start bailing these people out. Maybe it will never become a full-fledged civil war. Maybe this will die down. I honestly don't know. And it might be a bold prediction. But I got, I got to say, man, I'm looking at everything. I think we're, we're in it. And, and the reason is the people who have defended Antifa, and I'm not talking about some nebulous ideology of opposing fascism, which makes no sense. I'm talking about the active, organized individuals with funding. CNN has defended them on more than one occasion. Okay, they're, they're defending the rights now. The Democrats have defended them on more than one occasion. And they're calling out Trump. And yes, many are defending them now. I believe it was Keith Ellison's son who said that he was he responded to Trump's tweet saying Antifa were terrorists by declaring that he was Antifa. You have Keith Ellison himself, prominent Democrat, holding the Antifa handbook in that famous photo, which he deleted. There, there may be a point at which the U.S. government says these are legitimate terrorists. We're going to go after them. And then you will see the mainstream media and mainstream Democrats condemn the far left. And maybe that's when the tides turn. So I think I'm, I'm, I am still reticent to say, like, is this the full on civil war? And I, I think it is. I really do. They showed up to Cassandra Fairbanks's house and they shot live ammo. She's a conservative journalist. They shot live ammo at it, fireworks, and she had to flee. A fundraiser was set up to try and you know help her relocate. But I got more than enough to show you that I think we're in the thick of things. Let me explain something to you. The data came out around the coronavirus. Remember this? And it said that the infection rate was actually much worse than we realized, but the mortality rate was much less than we realized. This meant that we should probably consider reopening our states and our businesses. We got data that uh, suggested the lockdowns could actually be worse. According to Andrew Cuomo on May 6th, 66% of infections were coming from the home, meaning people who stayed home were getting infected. Dr. Deborah Burks of the White House Task Force on the Coronavirus asked the CDC to investigate why major cities that were locked down were seeing a steady rate of infection for the coronavirus. We saw these Democrats reject all of this information and keep their states and cities locked down. We saw the Republicans refuse to close or outright reopen, and the infection rates went down. It's hard to know exactly what or why or how this is happening, but let me just tell you something. These, these riots that are destroying everything are fueled by anger over the lockdown, the loss of people's jobs, the loss of purpose, and 40 million plus unemployed. Anyone who knows anything about rioting knows that this is what causes rioting. It's why protests and riots occur on weekends when people aren't working. And it's why conservatives often aren't rioting. The Democrats were, we- uh, were well aware of all of the data they had, but they refused to, re- to open up. I don't have the answers and I don't know why they're doing it. But I can tell you how people will perceive what happened. In, in, in where I live, there's a gym called Atlas Gym that wanted to reopen. Someone jammed paper towels in the sewer, flooding the building, apparently. The police came out, even arrested a guy. The governor directly threatened them. Why? Now, here's the bigger question. Why did all of these Democratic politicians say we can't go out? Why did Andrew Cuomo say, you know, you got to stay home, stay home, you know, to, to slow, slow, slow the coronavirus? But then when it came to these riots, they in, encouraged it. They helped it. They said these people were just speaking the language of the unheard. Why did CNN call the right wing protesters, the two way protesters, you know, uh, insane, crazy, they said. 
They, 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 were, they, were, they were killing grandma. And then when the rioters come out and destroy everything, what do they do? On, on, this was uh, Chris Cuomo's show, I believe. They say it's the language of the unheard. It may not be this. Gra- look, it's not a grand conspiracy. It's not that the, 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 the Democrats are plotting and twirling their mustache. <laughs> no. What's happening is the tribes have been set in their ways and the tribes know who their tribe is and they know who must who they must resist. So when it comes to the coronavirus and Trump says it's time to reopen and even Dr. Fauci said that it's it's time to reopen because we can't stay closed. The Democrats did nothing. That's what I'm talking about. If you have a faction that is ignoring the data and the advice and the uh, and the advice of someone like Fauci, just because they hate Trump, that shows you that this is factional. This is tribal. The tribes are getting more and more extreme. When you follow these people, what do you see on Twitter? One tribe only posts the police and police brutality. Another tribe shows the protesters and the riots uh, and attacking business owners and individuals. And you'll even see both sides sharing the same video with different perspectives. I saw one video. Protesters are chanting something like, take off your riot gear. We don't see no riot here. Something happens. Tear gas gets thrown to the crowd. The crowd disperses. I see conservatives saying, shut it down, dominate. And I see the left saying the inverse. The police are attacking peaceful protests and all this stuff. It doesn't matter who you side with. I, don't, I certainly don't care for, for, for the riots. And I don't care for the police brutality. I don't care for this. There's a video of Grand Rapids of a cop shooting someone in the face nearly point blank with a tear gas canister. There's no excuse for this. And I've seen people tweet at me. Yeah, well, he should have he should have uh, listened to the cops orders. No, shut up. There's so many steps between shooting someone in the face with a tear gas canister, but, but between pushing them and getting to that point, they could have just turned him around and cuffed him. No, someone, he, a guy smoking a cigarette walks towards the cops. He gets pepper sprayed. And then when he turns around, bang in the face. What do you think that photo will do? All of these people who are arguing in favor of the riots and the protesters will will use that. And that is pure propaganda. It needs to be condemned. I get it. I get it. Conservatives are condemning it, too. But the tribes are getting set in stone, man. There, there are a few glimpses of hope, I suppose, in, in some of these videos of cops hugging people and things simmering down. And maybe what really might come out of this is it, it may remain mass civil unrest. It may be short. But I think it's fair to point out that we're in a new generation of warfare. It's possible that we've been in a civil war for a long time. I mean, there was some Russian oligarch said that he refused to come here a couple of years ago because we were in civil war. Maybe it's been the information war. Maybe it's been Trump versus, you know, the, the, the Obamagate stuff, the Obama administration spying and all that stuff. Maybe it's been going on for a long time. And because of technology, things just function differently. I, I, I do want to show you some of these stories. And I want to I show you some of the, the harder uh, news stories that kind of back up what I'm saying. First of all, we have this, and I'm just going to go through them quickly because I don't, I'm not going to dwell on, on the, the minutia. In, in uh, a police officer shot in the head in Vegas. Four officers are shot in St. Louis. Cops are rammed by an SUV in Buffalo, and looters ransack Manhattan on another night of riots across the U.S. after Trump vowed to crack down. Here's another video. This, man, this one, man. Last night in Philadelphia, there were explosions all throughout the night. I'm not exaggerating. There's a hashtag called Philly Explosions. And you have the mainstream narrative that people were planting bombs to steal ATM machines and the leftist narrative that this was actually police suppression and no one really knows what happened. A gun store owner killed someone who was trying to break in and steal guns. Maybe they just wanted to come up. 
Maybe they just wanted to steal the guns and go sell them. What do you think is going to happen regardless if a group of people are raiding a building and stealing guns? What do you think happens when these people, these rioters and these looters get armed? Right now in Philadelphia, there's people marching through the streets with baseball bats. We have this story. Multiple explosions and thefts of ATMs reported across Philadelphia last night. Here's a woman crying because her sister was shot and killed by the rioters. It, this was in uh, Iowa, I believe. This, this, this video is, is what nightmares are made of. These young people who are going out instigating and starting violence and doing all this stuff don't understand what war is really like. Make no mistake, when this kicks off, it's going to be the people you love the most who are dead. And it's going to be you sitting there screaming at the top of your lungs, clawing at the walls, begging for some way to take it all back. Because I've seen it. And uh, you can see it in this woman's face that the people, it wasn't the police who did this. So right now you have rampant lawlessness, but I'm seeing people post all over uh, Instagram and Twitter, these blackout images, and they don't realize what, what, what's happening. They have no idea what's going on when men are marching through the streets with baseball bats. They have no idea what's going on when armed citizens with AR-15s are on rooftops taking their neighborhoods back. They have no idea what's going on when a, a, a reporter, you can hear in this video, it's just ridiculous explosions, fireworks, what sounds like, but probably gunshots of some sort. This happening in Seattle. And they say it looks like a war zone. I've seen war zones. I sh- or I should say, I've been in revolutions and civil unrest. I've not been in direct international conflict. That's not, that's not my thing. I covered over the past decade, uh, mostly civil unrest and upheaval. So I was in Egypt when there was a revolution. And I've tried explaining to my people what happens when you have 3,000 people demanding the removal of somebody. Egypt was different from America. Yeah, it was a lot smaller. And you can't really compare the two. But there's, there's a lot of potentials. Uh, there's a lot of variables. And they don't end well. They usually end with groups being hunted down and executed. And I told my friend the other day, when they started posting the addresses of conservatives, it's only a matter of time before they actually show up. I don't know when that will be. That night, they showed up to Cassandra Fairbanks' house with live ammo, banging on her windows and shooting. You know what comes next. First, they post your address. Then they show up. Then, one, then, then the next time they show up, someone runs up, kicks your door and runs away. It's just the one little thing they did. It's not them. They're not the one breaking in your house. They just kick the door. But then the door flies open and someone decides to peek in. Other people see them going in and they all move in. It's mob mentality one step at a time until they are in your house, dragging you out in the street, taking all your stuff because your address was post because they said to do it. That's what civil war is like. Real civil war would be pockets of ideological groups forming in various areas and then taking those areas over. That's not what the civil war in the US was a long time ago, but it's kind of like what's happening now. The people who overtly support one ideology are, are, they're getting armed. They're destroying things. Trump calls for, uh, I mean, look at the narrative of Trump and the, and the church. An, an American historical landmark, St. John's Church, was set on fire. The next day, protesters were outside. Curfew is set for 7 p.m., whether you agree with the curfew or not. The police, uh, uh, the, the, I believe it may have been like Secret Service and National Guard, then clear out the protesters with tear gas. After the protests are cleared out, Trump walks across to St. John's Church and takes a picture holding a Bible. And he did this, in my opinion, for two reasons. 
to show the church still stood after reports that it was on fire, especially on Fox News, and to show that the protests couldn't stop him. That's why he personally stood there. The media then reported that Trump gassed peaceful protesters for a photo op. That's a perspective that drives the left, leftist tribalism. So I, 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 I hate to be, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. I don't think anybody wants to say it for sure because no one, no one really knows where this all goes. And even saying civil war, whatever it is, it might not become anything like you expect it to be. Maybe it ends at the ballot box, but I really, really don't think so. I think come November, all of this probably leads to Donald Trump winning. I don't know how long this is going to go on for. Apparently, we're still under lockdown. Nothing's changing and people are getting angry about it. In this video, you can see an NYPD officer pointing his gun, live ammo, at the rioters. Why? In this video, this officer in white gets cracked over the head with what looks like a baton. So the officers are surrounded, being beaten. And guess what? The people with guns tend to be the ones willing to use. <laughs> the people with guns tend to be the ones who, who are going to win. You, you go up against somebody, you know, whatever, man, you get the point. He didn't shoot anybody. But we're already there. I mean, cops got ambushed and killed. Do you think these police officers are going to sit back and try and cross their fingers and hope it won't be them next? In Oakland, a van pulled up, panel opened, rifle came out, shot two officers. Do you think any of these cops want to take chances? No. So what's going to happen? You're going to have people begging for normalcy. You're going to have people begging Donald Trump to fix this. And you're going to have people screeching martial law and authoritarianism and fighting back. And it will only teeter back and forth until it collapses. I'm not confident we can pull out of this. I've, I've been saying for years that this is what you will expect. And I don't think people realize what comes next is, is horrifyingly worse. It, I mean, and, I'm, and, and I mean it. You, to say worse is an understatement. I can't begin to describe you the things that you'll end up seeing that you wish you had never seen. The golden age is over. As Trump says he's going to bring in the National Guard and the military, the activists say he's threatening to kill American citizens. When we had a guy in Louisville shot and killed because the police and the, and the National Guard were marching to clear a park. Someone shot at the, the police and the National Guard and someone shot back, killing this person. They are saying Trump is killing these people. They know what is going on. They are encouraging this. They are calling people out. You have the low level individuals, people I know saying things like white people, it's time to get active. And I'm sitting here laughing, saying, man, that is pure identitarianism. You telling all the white people to take action based on their identity. You might be saying, but I'm just talking about peaceful protest. And that's why I just don't care. I don't want to have anything to do with this. Okay. When they, when they, when they come out and say to all the white people to go do X, how do you think these riots form? Do you think they form because thousands of people want to go and viciously murder someone? No, it's because thousands of people are bored, angry, or were told to activate. And they go out and they walk around minding their own business, acting like a snowflake the snowflake that doesn't blame itself for the avalanche. That's why I'm shocked to see so many people I know encouraging people to protest and keep going out after all this has happened. How many people need to die? How many people need to die from the police, from the civilians, from, the in, from that woman whose sister was killed for you to stop saying, go out and be active? You are triggering the avalanche. And that's why it doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't. It doesn't matter because both sides refuse to back down. Because as the saying goes, God is on my side. That's what they say. As a figure of speech, it doesn't mean literally they believe that God is on their side. 
It means they believe that they are the just, moral, righteous saviors of whatever it is they're fighting for. And I don't care if you're one of them, and I don't care if you think that's who you are. That's have your beliefs, but it's got to stop somewhere. And, and, and if your belief results in chaos, I don't know what to tell you, man, but I'll tell you this. Both sides won't back down. Nobody will. And I get it. I get it. I saw the video of that cop shoot a guy point blank with that tear gas canister. You got uh, the guy apparently who got killed. I think this was CBS News. The guy in Louisville, just a barbecue chef. And he got caught in the crossfire. But people want justice and retribution. They don't care if it was an accident or intentional. They don't understand that war, what what war is and what it gets you and where you go. So now you're going to see people say the cops murdered this guy. We had a guy in Omaha, a bar owner, got into a fight with some guys, killed a guy in self-defense. Prosecutor refuses to prosecute him. People are demanding murder charges. Do you think they're just going to back down? No, both sides know they're right. And maybe, maybe you are the one that's right. It doesn't matter. The other side won't agree with you and they won't stop either. People look at this video of the cop and they see just the one clip of him drawing the gun and they say the state's out of control. The police are out of control. The other side sees the violence against the the supervisor, the, the, the ranking officer in the white shirt, and they say it was instigated. It was instigated. Does that justify drawing a gun? Honestly, man, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter because no one cares about whether you think you're right. They know they're right. That's what happens. So people say, yeah, well, the reason he hit the cop was because the cop was doing X. Well, the reason the cop was doing X because the protesters were doing Y. It doesn't stop. It's just building up and building up. This is my point. Donald Trump says we are going to to absolutely dominate. We are going to send out the military. And what they hear is martial law and fascism. And then they say, we will not allow Donald Trump to kill innocent Americans. What point? At what point do you think everyone just says, you know what? We were wrong about this. Let's calm things down. When CNN goes on the air and says the rioters are justified because they're using the language of the unheard. You have one of the most influential institutions in this country defying the president and saying these people are just. You have Joe Biden's staff donating to pull these people out of jail. You have Andrew Cuomo. Let me find the Andrew Cuomo one condemning the president. The president is calling out the American military against American citizens. He used the military to push out a peaceful protest so we could have a photo op at a church. That's insane. The protesters were cleared because there was a curfew in place due to rioting the night before and someone trying to burn down St. John's church. I don't know where the evidence comes that Trump ordered them to do it for a photo op. Trump was trying to show his faction, his base, that we have saved this monument, that we have stopped the rioters. And Andrew Cuomo, a man who has spent the past several months saying, you cannot have your business back, you cannot reopen your store, is condemning Trump for Trump, for, for Trump trying to clear out the protests. So which is it? Are we allowed to go outside and, and not social distance, not wear masks because we're protesting? Or are the right wing protesters saying reopen sick, twisted individuals killing grandmother? This is why I say this is civil war, because Andrew Cuomo doesn't care about what his principles are. He doesn't care about anything making sense at all. It doesn't make sense to say you can't have your business because of covid and then go out and say, well, these people should be allowed to protest. It doesn't make sense that he knew on May 6th staying at home was getting people sick. And the only reason now he supports people being outside is because they're rioting. It doesn't. So where does that end up? You can get mad at Trump. Look, man, I, I don't like these videos of the cops tear gassing the protests. There's a difference between a riot and a protest. It's a fine line before people start rioting. And those are the cops react to. 
You are going to see what we have seen so many times in countries where this goes down, where the police say we have to break them up, otherwise they will riot. But then because the riot doesn't happen, they say you broke up a peaceful protest. People asked, what would have happened if one of those bystanders intervened to save George Floyd's life? And I tell you this, if somebody knocked that cop down to save George Floyd, then George Floyd would have lived. And that would have meant the cops would arrest that person for assault on an officer. And that'd be the end of it. You, you see what I'm trying to say here? Only because George Floyd died, did anyone realize he needed to be saved in the, saved in the first place? Because hindsight is 2020. So now we have all this. Now we have Matt Gates, Republican, tweeting, now that we clearly see Antifa as terrorists, can we hunt them down like we do those in the Middle East? Jen Perlman for Congress says a sitting congressman calling for murder of fellow citizens. It doesn't matter who you think is right, man. It really doesn't. What matters is that both sides are going to go blow, blow each other up. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, man. You know what scares me, though? I've been right up until this point. And so the only thing I ever really can do is think about if this is happening now, what are the possibilities? And you're presented with a wager. The wager is this. Seeing these tweets, seeing Andrew Cuomo versus Trump, seeing the CNN's defense, seeing, seeing this story, check this out. Joe Biden, his staff paying for, uh, for bail for the rioters. I think about the two parent possibilities, escalation and de-escalation. If I stay where I am and I ignore this and it de-escalates, who cares? If I prepare and I take care of things and it de-escalates, who cares? If you do nothing and this escalates, you're in serious trouble. And if you prepare now and things escalate, you'll be prepared. That's how I base my, my movements and my judgment off what we're seeing and what's going on. Not that I think it is the most likely thing to occur, but that if we are seeing this now, cops drawing their guns, cops being ambushed, vans pulling up, bricks and gasoline being layered throughout cities, Trump calling for the military intervention, being slammed by Democratic governors. There's no cohesion. There's no unity. There is no idea of how to stop things. Andrew Cuomo's city is being destroyed. And his response is that Trump goes too far. So if you live in New York, I hope you like the governor you have as your businesses and your life is, is windows are smashed out and ripped apart. Of course, there are many people who live in New York who like what is happening and are engaging in that behavior. So what is the solution? Perhaps in the end, we will see an exodus to rural areas because regular Americans, the average person, look, man, they want to watch football and eat pizza. They don't want to be involved in this. It's the ideologues that are fueling the flames on both the left and the right. Now, I certainly think that we've seen the left ideologues run amok. That's Antifa. They're the ones who are likely layering bricks. We've seen them. We have evidence to suggest, I should say, that they're, they're giving the bricks out. But I, I, don't, I don't know what you, you, you think is going to happen next. And maybe I'm completely wrong. And you know what? I welcome it 100%. Laugh at me. Insult me. Tell me I'm wrong. Comment below. Say, Tim, you're a moron. We're not in a civil war. There's been up social upheaval before. I know it. That's what they said to me two years ago, three years ago. It was three years ago. Someone posted a picture of me, posted a picture of my mom, posted my address. I got threatened in a park while I was skateboarding. And I said, if this is where we are at, and with because of the internet especially, then where do you think things go next? And people said, dude, you don't understand, man. Social upheaval was worse 50, 60 years ago. Uh-huh. Okay. I know. 
And maybe it all simmers down and maybe we, maybe we pull through and then maybe there's just some big social change and that's possible. Base your judgment based on what you think comes next. But I, I, I you know, it's, it's true. To, it's, it's true. And it's fair to say that we've we've been we've dealt with worse. There have been assassination attempts on, on world leaders in this country, on, on our political leaders because of the tensions between our political factions. So maybe it, it is too bold for me to say civil war. But I see Joe Biden and his staff. They, they, they've been calling out the rioting. That's fair. They shouldn't have done this. Hopefully people find some alignment in what is acceptable and what isn't. The issue, though, is and don't don't you forget it. The snowflake doesn't blame itself for the avalanche. Each and every one of these people who is going out to peacefully protest, I respect your right to do so. And I'm glad that people are voicing their concerns and standing up for this. And then when you form that crowd, you have primed an avalanche for which you cannot control. The rioting occurs, the murder occurs, the death occurs, and it's not stopping. It's not slowing down. It was Monday night. And I said, maybe now we'll see things slow down. No, it was worse than ever. More shops, everything destroyed across Manhattan. I think it's only going to keep escalating because this is a snowball rolling down a hill that can't be stopped. As Trump tries to bring in the military to calm things down, we see governors and the media condemn him for it. So how does this end? Hey, man, just because they're paranoid don't mean they're not after you, right? So I'll tell you what, I'm paranoid. Fine. That's fine. Uh, Maybe that's the case. But like I said, you have a wager to consider. For me, I'm going to make sure I'm taking care of myself and I'm planning for when they move through the suburbs, because guess what? In Chicago, they already are. They've been moving through the suburbs. The riots have hit many, many Chicago suburbs, at least as people in the suburbs are telling me that businesses are being trashed and the police in the local towns aren't prepared for it. So it'll eventually come to your residential neighborhood. That's my prediction. But I'll tell you what, maybe I'm wrong because I don't know. I can't see the future, right? Take your bet. Do you, uh, do you, do you have a, a bug out plan? Have you talked to your family about what to do when people are throwing bricks through windows? It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It means you're just ready for something if it does happen. If you do nothing, then you just increase the likelihood you are left high and dry. Look, man, I was saying things similar, similar to this years ago. And look where we are now. It's only gotten worse, worse than it's ever been in this country. So please, Tell me I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I want to desperately to go back to those blessed days of hanging out and complaining about nonsense, talking about how dumb it was that one movie had too many of that character and people complaining about this character. Oh, it was so fun, wasn't it? Now there now there are explosions throughout. I'm in the suburbs of Philly. There are explosions throughout Philly all last night. Gun store owner shoots and kills somebody. People mounting on their rooftops with AR-15s as other guys march through the streets with baseball bats. I will gladly be wrong. Please give me back those days. I'd love to ride my skateboard through the street and forget all about this, but I don't see things de-escalating. And if it does simmer down for the short period, what do you think happens after Donald Trump gets reelected? I'm going to leave it there. The next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. I'll see you all then. Earlier today, I talked about the ongoing crisis, the riots across the country, and what I view as the early stages of civil war. And just to quickly clarify, what I mean by that is that you have the media defending the riots. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, CNN repeatedly now defending the riots while Trump calls them out as far left extremists and calls them, you know, and says it's terror and things like that. You have these two disparate narratives that are just going to inflame tensions and make everything get worse because neither side agrees with each other. Thus, 
The only conclusion is continuing, uh, in my opinion, is continual destabilization. The loss of, and the reason I say this is, you'd think if the Trump, if the president came out and said, "Hey, these people are terrorists," then most institutions in this country would be like, "We're going to fall in line. We're not going to stand in defiance of the federal government." They are, and that's unexpected to me. That says that we're headed down a path where no matter what you do, no matter what you threaten them with, they don't agree. They don't see Trump as legitimate. So if Trump says he's going to enforce laws, they don't care. They will outright defend Antifa. Teen Vogue, for instance, just re-upped their story defending, promoting Antifa a a day or two after Trump said they were terrorists. So what does that mean for us as a country? The video you see on the screen right now, I can't play it. It's one of the most shocking things I have ever seen. New York City is the focus of this this video, right? The early, you know, because it's our biggest city, our you know, arguably our biggest city, in, in depending on what metric you use. And that video, which uh, I can't play for you, depicts a car completely blacked out, tinted windows, slamming the gas, ramming an NYPD officer standing by himself who goes flying 20 plus feet, spinning in the air and slamming to the ground is one of the most shocking videos I've ever seen. New York City is in absolute chaos. And it seems like a lot of people are pointing out the NYPD is kind of standing down. There, there have been some stories of you know, the NYPD taking a knee, supporting the protests. I want to make sure that's clear too. But we're seeing what looks like the, the New York police just not getting involved. In this tweet from Luke Rutkowski of We Are Change, he says, I'm telling you guys, the NYPD is protesting themselves against the mayor by not doing their job. From this tweet, the person said, must say, I do not understand the NYPD strategy tonight. There is a huge group of officers just standing around here on Broadway 51st while looting is out of control in the surrounding blocks. What can the NYPD do at this point? Overnight, buildings were smashed. Roving bands, packs of people were just looting buildings up and down Fifth Avenue and Broadway. And I believe we have uh, 700 arrested. 700 people arrested. When the NYPD enforces action against the people who are riding, you don't see them riding. Get it here. Th- th- this is essentially a kind of, I guess, I don't know if it's a paradox, but think about it this way. If the police do nothing and everyone riots, then everyone freaks out and says the police aren't even doing anything. Look at this. The people are looting all around them. If the police stop the looting, they say they were just gassing and attacking peaceful protesters because there was no looting. Get it? If they stop the looting, then all you'll see is videos of regular people being hit and thrown by cops. The cops are standing down. Someone, someone, uh, uh, Danny Gold, I believe, journalist, he's, he's a journalist. I worked with him briefly at Vice News uh, many, many years ago. Contacted someone, he tweeted about this. And uh, I believe he was talking to someone in the NYPD who said, I'm not going to risk myself over property and we're not getting any support. They get criticized. You know, you have that uh, issue where the SUV the uh, NYPD SUV is stopped and the protesters surround it. And then it jolts forward real quick, knocking everyone back. And it's just everyone freaking out. But what do you, what's, what's supposed to happen? You know, you know what I see from these videos, right? I just see people. That's it. I don't see a difference between the looter and the, uh, the, the officer firing a tear gas canister in like the guy's face, right? I want to make sure I'm very careful on this, but let, let me explain. I see people in Grand Rapids, a man is smoking a cigarette. Uh, a person pepper sprays him in the face. He turns around. Another person, shoot, another person shoots him in the face with a tear gas canister. And I thought to myself, the police, they're cops. That's the point I'm making. 
I'm not saying all the cops are bad. I'm just saying when you see somebody fire a tear gas canister, you have to realize that's just a person. That's it. It's a, it's a person and they have the power of the state behind them, which makes it problematic. And it's why many people call that stuff out. But when you see another person and they're smashing up a window and destroying everything, it's a person. Oh, but they say, but it's a noble protester. So long as you don't see them committing these acts, you, you see, you see the point I'm making is people have chosen their factions. They've chosen their sides. A, a person who's going around stealing things. And I'm not talking about the peaceful protesters, but I, I, I should stress the snowflake doesn't blame itself for the avalanche. These people will come out and get attacked by the police. It's because they're in an adversarial position. And when you see a cop go over the line and draw a weapon or shoot someone, it's because they are people too. They panic. They freak out. Training means nothing when your car is surrounded by people. And you just heard a story of a lawyer throwing Molotov cocktails or some young woman tossing a Molotov at, at, at a police vehicle. They're people. They're not going to just sit around and wait. So you could argue they must be held to higher standards. It doesn't matter what you think. Like in, in that regard, it matters what the individual in that circumstance is willing to do. And that's why we have the problem with, you know, the police as we have it already. The reason why you have sto- you have videos where, you know, the cops will shoot someone because their mentality is I'm not risking my life over what I don't know about you. And then innocent people end up taking the brunt of that. Here's the story, because I, I, I want to talk about New York and how uh, unemployment. Look, man, like, I, I went off on a little tangent there. But listen, New York City is, is done. I'm sorry. Look, I tweeted, I don't think we can come back for this because of the escalating you know, civil unrest and tension between competing factions. Some people said, we always do. We always bounce back. I'm not saying America will cease to exist. I'm saying we can't stop the train we're on. You know, we can pull the brakes all you want, but it's just sliding down the track full speed downhill. And I look at what's going on in New York City as a really good example. Maybe what will really end up happening is people will just flee. But think about this, and then we'll read this story. New York City was devastated by the coronavirus lockdowns, partially by the coronavirus, but the lockdowns for the most part. We now know, according to data published by Cuomo himself, that staying home looked like it made things worse because 66% of infections during lockdown came from the home. Perhaps it would have been better if people were social distancing, but still going outdoors. I, I can't tell you hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy to say. But because of this, all these businesses were destroyed. All of the soft goods, all of the perishables destroyed. All of the hard goods were fine until the looters showed up and destroyed what was left of the businesses in New York City. Now, I get it. I get it. There's still a lot of businesses there. But the small businesses that carry food, they were destroyed. The restaurants, the bodegas, the hard goods stores, the skate shops, the clothing stores, they're now being wiped out by the rioting. What will be left of this city? What will you get from living there? Nothing. Extremely high utility costs, the inability to grow your own food and water, and a police force that can't win no matter what they do. When they stop the looters, they get attacked for it. When they let the looters loot, they get attacked for it. So why would they bother at this point? There's no winning circumstance. There's no clear path to understanding what you need to do to do the right thing. Here's a story from NBC New York. NYC curfew extended through Sunday. 700 arrested as packs of looting youth defy order. This isn't about these, these people who are going to destroying everything. It's, 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 it's so amazing that it's CNN, multiple segments defending this. These people aren't here for ideological reasons. They're just trying to come up. We've seen it. Mayor Bill de Blasio says New York City's curfew will continue for the rest of the week through Sunday after police said packs of youth 
took to the streets overnight and violently looted stores across Manhattan and the Bronx. The initial curfew was imposed Monday to curb late night violence amid a fifth night of New York City demonstrations in response to George Floyd's death in Minneapolis police custody last week. It was the first such measure since a white cop shooting of a black soldier in Harlem prompted uh, in 1943. Wow. The extended curfew will be in effect from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. Wow. And each day before a COVID ravaged New York reopens after its months long shutdown, where he opens, it's under lockdown again. What is that reopen to? Nearly 2000 people have been arrested over five days in New York City protests so far. Police cuffed another 700 Monday night into Tuesday, by far the biggest number since the protest started and nearly doubling the total. Several more cops were hurt overnight, including an NYPD sergeant investigating break-ins in the Bronx. That officer was hit by a car. He is in serious condition, but is, but is expected to survive. Another cop was hit by a vehicle when he tried to stop a cell phone store burglary on 8th Street in Manhattan. No arrests have been made in either case, though police are looking for several suspects. In total, nearly 50 police officers have been hurt since the citywide protests began Thursday, Thursday night. What do you do when the police start standing down because they don't want to risk their lives? What do you do when there's no police to call? Because the ones that are working are too caught up in trying to stop the rioting. All of a sudden, we are in a pro-Second Amendment country. It's really, really amazing. I saw a really funny post. Someone said that the anti-gun lady from their neighborhood was organizing, you know, um, protests with like the Parkland kids uh, around the, the, you know, March for Our Lives stuff was now fundraising for neighborhood watch security. I believe it. I really do. I mean, it's a post on social media, but come on, man. How many people, how many liberal urban, you know, whatever, urban Democrats are now super pro Second Amendment? We got some hard numbers. I can I can show you. Take a look at this from the National Review. Gun sales spike. FBI background checks smash records in May. Gun sales and accompanying FBI background checks spiked last month, breaking records as the nation weathered the coronavirus pandemic and riots broke out in major cities over the death of George Floyd. Already this year, the FBI has recorded 15 million background checks in the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, closing in on breaking last year's record of 28 million background checks. A total of 3,091,455 checks were recorded in May the highest May number since the system was created 22 years ago and the third highest month on record. Meanwhile, gun sales have surged since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. April saw 1.7 million firearms purchases, a 71% spike from the previous April. Gun sales spiked higher in March with 2.6 million purchases, an 85.3% increase. My, oh my. Oh, there's more to it though. Who are these people who are buying these guns? Now, there's some worrying thoughts here. I mean, we're talking about a potential for civil war, the early stages. You've got the Democrats saying no matter what Trump does, he's wrong. You've got Trump saying Antifa are terrorists and then major publications defending Antifa. I'm sorry, that's an untenable situation. Tell tell me the way out from there. If the U.S. government, the president himself says they're the terrorists and the media says, oh, yeah. And you even have, I think, Keith Ellison, he's holding that Antifa handbook. What now? These people on the left defending Antifa are either going to oppose the government's declaration of domestic terrorism, which actually has to do with the individual arrests, not any grand like labeling of the group. But what what happens when they're funding their bail? 
is that is that providing material support under the Patriot Act? I'm no fan of the Patriot Act, but I'm just telling you it exists. The president says this. They say this. What happens? Does, the, does law enforcement have to go now start arresting public journalists and publications for promoting and encouraging terrorism? There are limits to, to what we can do under the under the First Amendment. But there is as much. I mean, look, we've seen rights suspended in the past from from war efforts. So, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure we're walking out of this one, especially with six million guns being sold with a record amount of new gun owners. These, these, these liberals. Now, let, now, listen, I'm not ragging on the Second Amendment. I actually think people should have, uh, protect themselves. That was the, the reason I asked the question about what the end, you know, what do you do when the police aren't there? This is why liberals are waking up to the fact that they need to be able to protect themselves. A gun store in Philadelphia was robbed last night. They, they tried to rob it. It was three or four men uh, tried breaking in, and the owner was keeping watch, and he shot and killed a man. We also had a guy in Omaha, got attacked by some rioters, and in defense, he was knocked to the ground. He shot and killed a man. He got off on self-defense. Close case. What will you do when the rioters come to your house, when they're banging on your doors and windows? They came to Cassandra Fairbanks' house, conservative journalist. They fired live ammo at it and, and fireworks, and she's now fled her home with her daughter. What, she's armed, by the way. What will you do when they come to your house? And so you have all these liberals talking about why would anyone ever need a gun? I had a friend ask me that once. And I said, well, uh, for me, I lived in a rural area outside of Miami, like 40 so miles on a farm, on a small farmland, uh, basically. And the police were, you know, they could be there in 45 minutes if you had an emergency, half an hour, maybe. What do you, what do you, what, so what? Someone breaks in your house and you're just like, let me, excuse me, sir. I know you're armed and you're threatening my family. Can you give me like 30 minutes for the, no, I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that way. Now people are realizing as cars crash into NYPD's, uh, into police officers, sending them flying, as cops are getting ambushed, as the National Guard is being deployed and chaos is gripping the nation, high profile media personalities defend Antifa and condemn the president while the president calls out the military. I don't know what your plan is, man. I know what my plan is. Take a look at this. They actually say, I think what we're looking at is a 40% increase in new gun owners. One, one recent survey of firearm retailers shows us that 40% of these gun buyers are buying a firearm for the first time. Mark Oliva, uh, a spokesman for the group, said in a statement, of those first-time gun owners, 40% are women, and these buyers are overwhelmingly purchasing handguns for personal protection. The sales come as the death toll from the coronavirus rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this story is uh, it's from today. I don't think the reason people are buying guns is so much about the coronavirus. I think that when the coronavirus pandemic started and the lockdown was announced, the people who went and bought guns were smarter than the people buying guns now. And that includes myself, mind you. I wasn't smart enough to go out. I saw this. I saw everyone rush into the store and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know. But the reason they were buying guns was likely because they understood what mass unemployment and a lack of resources leads to. And I mentioned this too. Civil unrest and revolution is usually fomented by high food costs. Now, this is, this is disputed by some people, but in a lot of the Arab Spring countries, it was becoming very difficult for people to live and run businesses. Today, 40 million people are unemployed. It may have to do with the fact they can't buy things and they're desperate. And it may also have to do with the fact that they have nothing else to do and they're bored. But they're going out. The scary thing about all of these riots is that the snowflake doesn't blame itself for the avalanche. 
the individual who shows up, raises a fist and just sings a happy song is a part of the avalanche, even if they don't do anything. How we deal with it, I don't know, because they certainly have a First Amendment right to speak their minds and, and, and assemble and do these things. But the avalanches are getting bigger and bigger. That's why I'm telling my friends, man, you got to stay home. There's a time and a place. But that's just my opinion. Like, if you want to go out and protest, legit protest, like we saw in D.C. where they captured the Antifa guy and gave him the police, that, 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 that I'm all down for. I respect. My fear, however, is that as each individual shows up, it, it's priming an avalanche in which the rioters exploit this. When the police are dealing with, you know, increasing unrest, people drive in other parts of the city and loot and destroy. But take a look at this story. Furloughed big law associate charged in New York Molotov attack. He was furloughed in April as part of the firm's COVID-19 response. This man, Colin Ferd Mattis, 32, stands accused of damaging New York City Police Department vehicles with Molotov cocktails. Why? 32-year-old lawyer in New York City turned violent extremist in a month. This was within him all the time. This is a man you may have seen one day, a normal guy working, getting a paycheck. It took his job away. Now, what does he replace that with? Seems like he found ideology to fill the gap. The, the loss. Look at this. He's a graduate of Princeton. Let me read this for you. According to his LinkedIn profile, Mattis is a 2010 graduate of Princeton University and a 2016 graduate of NYU School of Law. Mattis is a member of Prior Cashman's corporate group, but he was furloughed in April as part of their austerity measures against the pandemic. His profile page was removed from the firm's website yesterday afternoon. Mattis' employment status with the firm is currently under review in light of these criminal charges. Here's a statement from the firm. 2,000 people arrested in New York in five days, 700 overnight, mass arrests across the country, faces plastered in videos. These people who are furloughed are going to be, I don't know, man, we're going to have a lot of people in our prisons. I'll tell you that. All of these kids, I call them kids, but they're like young adults going around and rioting because they think it's a game. It is. They really do. There's a video of some kid who got shot in the leg with a rubber bullet. He's got a flesh wound with very minor bleeding. And one of these fake LARPing medics applies a tourniquet to his leg and pulls it tight and puts their weight into it. The guy on the ground is crying, saying, I don't want to lose my leg to a tourniquet. And they said, we need to stop the bleeding. This was performative. These were children who were imitating something they saw on TV. You do not apply a tourniquet for a minor flesh with light bleeding. You put gauze and padding on it and apply pressure. They, these people have no idea what they're, what they're doing. It's all just a game. They are kids, and to them, it is an action adventure. They want to feel like they're in a movie, but they do not understand what comes next. There's a sc- scary video. I showed a still of it, of a woman in Iowa screaming about how they killed her sister. The protesters did. They shot her. Man, you thought that video was sad. I feel bad for all these Americans who are now finding themselves unemployed, who know nothing about what happens next. This man right here, Colin Ferd Mattis. I wish in your 32 years you would have watched any of the videos out of Syria, any of them, or any of the other, other countries, Iraq, for instance, so you can see the people screaming when you can see the father holding his dead son and screaming a wail so haunting it will haunt you at night and you won't be able to sleep for days after hearing that wail of a man whose child died in front of them. Or now you can see a video of a woman whose sister was killed senselessly because you guys wanted to role play. 
but maybe it doesn't matter, man, because these people don't know how stupid they are. They don't know what they're bringing on. And the snowflake doesn't blame itself for the avalanche. Perhaps this man just thought I'm doing one thing. It's no big deal. Everyone else is doing worse. I'm just getting one bottle. I'm only going after one thing. All of these people I know, they're saying that they're, they're, they're posting these images, encouraging, encouraging these things these days. They're posting things, telling their white friends to activate, to go out and make sure they're part of this. Not realizing that although a single snowflake on its own is a beautiful and unique bit of nature, when combined with a billion more, it kills and destroys and wipes people out. So I don't know what the solution is. Don't ask me. All I know is I'm going to be that regular person staying home saying, I think this is worse than you'll realize. And you do not want a war. I, I it, you know, I, I love bringing up the quote from the Patriot. I've said it several times now, the Mel Gibson movie. But make no mistake, man, this is it, 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 it shouldn't have to be said, but it but it is. This war will not be fought on the battlefield or some distant frontier, but in your homes and your children, your, your children will learn of it with their own eyes. These people have no idea what they've stepped, to, stepped into. They have no idea the arena that they've encouraged. And each and every one of these people who says to their friends, you must go out and get active. You are priming the avalanche for nothing but suffering. This man with this ever so charming headshot, Collinford, your life is over. Your Princeton University graduation now meaningless, and you will be nothing but a relic of the past. And when this is all wrapped up, when Trump sends the military out, if he does, they will look up every single photograph and every single video, and they will hunt you down for months. And you will find yourself in prison for the things you have done, because this is not a game. Putting a tourniquet on somebody who's got a minor flight is a scrape on his leg with some blood. These kids have no idea what they're doing. New York City is crushed. (laughs) It's scary stuff, man. I am not laughing because it's a good thing. I'm laughing just out of shock. What will New York become of itself after this? I guess we can only wait and see. I'll see you at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net. That is my main channel. Thanks for hanging out. The media is desperate to pander to the riots. And I think I know why. Two big reasons. The first, their ratings are in free fall. They did great during COVID. They did great during Russiagate. And now they're collapsing. Then they started covering the riots. And what happened? Rioters showed up to CNN HQ and trashed the place. So now they're desperately trying to defend them. I got a couple stories for you. The first one is from Newsbusters. TV journalists defend, excuse, five nights of riots. How about this headline? New York Times changes its front page after being ripped for being too fair to Trump in coverage of threat to use military in U.S. cities. And that's it. They're bending over for the riots. They are terrified of the violence and the violence always wins. What I think, I think we are headed to, you know, we've got an, an, an immovable object and an unstoppable force. Donald Trump won't back down. He's going to do what he has to do to stop the riots. Meanwhile, leftists are just claiming it's only protests. They're purposefully misframing things. And I'm just standing here watching it all. The left doesn't know or care what anyone else but them thinks. They live in bubbles where they share fake news and they get fed refuse through the orifice of the media into their mouths. I'll keep it a little bit clean, huh? Even though it's not really. The point is, I'm seeing tweets from progressives who used to be never Biden, now fully on board for Biden. And my question is, what's what's confusing is how 
all of a sudden, they now no longer understand the problem of the establishment and the Democrats. It's all of a sudden, well, Trump is doing all of these problems. They, they, it's like they're not even paying attention to what's really happening. When Trump says he's going to send out the military, what do they do? They say Trump is threatening protests. Well, Trump specifically was talking about violent riots. Why doesn't the left know this? I don't know, man. I don't know. Why don't they know that innocent people are having their lives destroyed? Maybe it's because the New York Times will change their headline, bending over backwards and beyond because the violent threats are pointed at them. And that's it, man. Terror works. Trump won't back down. So then what? A bunch of crazy people on the left have no idea what's happening. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to keep supporting the, the riots because they don't realize how much damage it's causing. Well, let's read the story. Newsbuster says, from the start, TV news media have done their darndest to paint the riots happening across the country in a positive light. While many journalists have glossed over the widespread violence by relying on misleading characterizations like mostly peaceful, others have outright defended and justified the rioting. Some of these attempts to sanitize the rioting have been bordered on parody for a sampling of the media's most desperate damage control. Watch the video below. This one's truly hilarious. MSNBC host Ali Velshi stood in front of a burning building and absurdly refused to describe the scene as unruly. That's a, that's a descriptor more appropriately reserved for a hyper kindergarten class than, in a, than, than for felonious arson. But evidently, even that soft language was a bridge too far for Veleshi. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This was uh, mostly a protest. It is not, generally speaking, unruly, but fires have been started. Why is he saying it? In some of these riots, journalists have had bottles cracked over their heads. So the journalists are now espousing to their cable TV audiences that everything is fine. <laughs> these aren't riots. They're peaceful protests. Why? They don't want to get beaten up. And they want the ratings. You see, what's really happening is that news organizations are suffering. They've been suffering for a long time and they become desperate to make money. The New York Times writes record ratings and record chaos on cable news. Truly amazing story. CNBC is looking to host right wing talk shows. I kid you not. That's how desperate they are for ratings. I want to show you a few a few more of the absurdities. They say TV journalists have a lengthy track record of excusing mob behavior ostensibly motivated by racial grievances. Now, this we understand, but you, you, get, you, get, you get the gist. Don Lemon of CNN deemed the riots mechanisms for some sort of change. We saw on a segment with Chris Cuomo, he defended this. They call it the language of the unheard. What's really going on is pure desperation. This story from the New York Times by Ben Smith is actually really, really fascinating. They mention how MSNBC, their ratings were incredible during Russiagate. Absolutely incredible. I wonder if uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to read literally everything because he just gets to the uh, the good points. But let's 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 check this out. MSNBC, the guy we just saw defending the riots, calling them mostly peaceful. He worked for MSNBC. Ben Smith writes, they've been scrambling in a different way. The channel thrived from 2017 until earlier this year, lifted by its nonstop coverage of the Trump Russia story and the story's denouement in impeachment. It signed up former spies and prosecutors as contributors and dangled the hope that Robert Mueller would end up would end Mr. Trump's presidency. But the Russia show came to a disappointing conclusion for its audience with Mr. Trump's acquittal on February 5th. The ratings plummeted. 
We didn't lose viewers, MSNBC's president, Phil Griffin, insisted in an interview. They may have taken a few days off from watching out of, oh boy, I've got to regroup. MSNBC's audience numbers did rebound with the coronavirus story, but the network's DNA is politics and COVID-19 is not at its heart a political story. Rachel Maddow, the network star, saw her audience in the 25 to 54 demographic, the one most prized by advertisers, fall below CNN's Chris Cuomo for the first time. Why? Chris Cuomo was doing late night comedy with his brother, Andrew, gigantic novelty, you know, oversized novelty cotton swabs and pretending to be quarantined when we know he wasn't. So his ratings took off. People left confused. They were watching MSNBC, but nothing happened. And that was it. They had no idea what was going on anymore. And they went to watch something else. Here's what they say. We're using the same muscles that we use to cover politics, covering this pandemic and how the country's reacting, Mr. Griffin said. Behind the scenes, NBC's corporate dramas continue to unsettle its scattered staff. The new chairman of NBC Universal's news group, Cesar Condi, hasn't described his vision for news. He made his name with an insufficiently covered television group, a coup, Telemundo's Rise Against Univision. They say, I don't care about all this stuff. What I'm interested in is the CNBC move. Here's what I think, man. Trump's winning. Conservatives are winning. And I think we're seeing it for obvious reasons. The narrative of the left is collapsing. They're they're resorting now to just running through the streets, burning things down. That's the language of the unheard, I guess. But it's the language of people who have no argument. They've tried saying what they had to say. They tried all of these things. None of it worked. Nothing changed. And that's their argument. Well, now people will listen to us. They go and smash and burn things. Meanwhile, when it comes to cash and money, CNBC sees something more lucrative. Conservatism, right wing talk. The left is failed. The establishment has collapsed. The Democrats are over. This is what you get. They say the new NBC Universal chief executive, Jeff Schell, has suggested in private conversation that he wants to make a more dramatic change to the company's other cable news network, CNBC, two NBC Universal executives said. Mr. Schell, the two executives said, is considering turning the network's primetime hours, currently occupied by Shark Tank reruns and business focused reality programming like The Profit, over to right wing talk shows. A similar plan was floated years ago. A development executive even met with the talk radio flamethrower Mark Levin, a CNBC executive said, but it could allow Comcast to extend an olive branch to Mr. Trump and his avid supporters. CNN once positioned itself between MSNBC and Fox on the political spectrum. But during Mr. Trump's tenure, the network uh, concluded that there was no profitable middle ground with a president who seeks confrontation with the media. The channel adopted an increasingly political focus, hosting dozens of Democratic primary town halls and debates. It also competes more directly with MSNBC than ever before for audience, offering Don Lemon and Mr. Cuomo as a more emotional, less cerebral alternative to Chris Hayes and Miss Maddow. CNBC is displacing MSNBC. MSNBC, in my opinion, is on the verge of collapse. This is why the media is so desperate to pander to anyone willing to listen. MSNBC gave us nothing but crazy Russian conspiracy nonsense for years, and it, it came out to be nothing. So what do you think people are looking for now? Well, they hate Trump. CNN has capitalized on that. The Russiagate thing was propped up by both CNN and MSNBC. And this is where I think the two channels converged. MSNBC was giving us Russiagate. CNN was was trying to be some kind of in-between. But when they started reporting on Russiagate, seeing their ratings spike, they became basically the same thing as MSNBC. Well, Rachel Maddow went nuts. 
desperately trying to veer away from CNN because CNN was taking their audience. And now CNN's basically run them off the road where they're so far weirdo conspiracy. Nobody cares anymore. And their ratings plummeted. I mean, people still watch MSNBC, but you can see it when they're on the ground at riots defending them, what they've become. The media is driving this. And it's scary because in their desperation not to fail, they even support overt terror. I mean, like low level Antifa stuff, but it still is terror defending the rioting and ignoring the pleas of the actual people who are having their businesses destroyed. Fox News has been able to just take a massive presence because Russiagate was insane and regular people could see it was insane and didn't want to hear it. But things are changing. And I think Donald Trump has a lot to do with it. For the time being, you can expect the media to pander more to rioters. CNN will do it more. The New York Times will change their headlines. And that will create a weird division between the federal government, the actual law, and cable TV ratings. So when people are brainwashed by this nonsense, they'll eventually find themselves standing against law. And that's probably why a lot of these young people are going to prison. I'll leave it there. I got a couple more segments coming up for you in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. This video is going to be a warning to you guys, and it's going to be a warning in a lot of ways. There's no solution to the problem you will face in an issue of self-defense. I've got some really messed up stories to show you, and uh, YouTube will probably get mad at, me, mad at me for this. So this video is about two big stories. One, looters tried to loot a pawn shop during the rioting, and the man uh, who was there defended himself, and now he's been charged with murder. They, uh, they've, they've arrested the man for the fatal shooting. The other story is about a man who didn't defend himself when the looters came. And in this story, he was killed. You have your choice. Die or jail. The saying they've said that I've heard people say, I'll take my chances with a jury over a mob. And perhaps that's the right answer. I don't know. But in the end, it's, it seems like we're between a rock and a hard place. There's no real easy way out of what's to come. As riots sweep across these nations, this is what you can see. Now, the stories I have for you, these first two, are not the only ones. There's some truly horrifying things happening. One of the videos I cannot show you, I really can't. It's a man on the ground with an AR-15 pointed at him, an Asian man defending his store. A lot of people have joked, we're seeing the return of the roof Koreans. Yes, yes, I'm familiar with this joke as I am in fact Korean and I find it kind of funny. That's just me. But it's really about, it's a meme about defending your business, about doing what you have to do to keep yourself safe. The only problem in today's day and age, it just escalates into more riots. In Omaha, a man walked up and someone shoved his dad. He got attacked. He fired a warning shot. Someone jumped on him. He fired in self-defense. The guy got killed. And now the left is demanding this guy be prosecuted. But it was self, he was being beaten. And the guy was going for his gun self-defense. I want to read you this first story to give the context. And I want to show you the truly sad story about a retired, I believe he's a retired um, police officer, is he? Retired police captain was murdered outside of a pawn shop by looters. Take a look at this story. Galesville man arrested for fatal shooting committed during Twin Cities riots. They say he owns a pawn shop in Minneapolis. He's accused of murder in the shooting death of a man during rioting. 59-year-old John uh, Ripel was taken to Hennepin County Jail Thursday morning shortly after the shooting outside his Minneapolis business, Cadillac Pawn and Jewelry. Jail records show his home and address is Galesville. 
The man who died, Calvin Horton Jr. of Minneapolis, had wounds to his chest and upper body. The pawn shop had been looted on Wednesday night during rioting that followed the Memorial Day death of George Floyd. Police suspect the store owner believed Horton was one of the looters. I don't know if this is the, the same story that we've seen and the context is a little lost, but what we know is looter, store, riots, man shoots, defenses, shop. Here's what happens when you don't. This story from Fox 2 Now in St. Louis, different location. A man was shot and killed outside a North St. Louis pawn shop Tuesday morning, was identified as retired St. Louis police captain David Dorn, according to St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. Dorn, 77, was shot outside Lee's pawn pawn and jewelry shop on Dr. Martin Luther King Drive near Sarah Avenue just before 2.30 a.m. Police say he had suffered a gunshot wound to his torso and was pronounced dead at the scene. Authorities tell Fox 2 that in addition to the murder, the store was also looted. Police Chief John Hayden says the department is is wearing their mourning bands because Dorn died using the law enforcement training he had learned with the department. One of the people murdered last night was a retired St. Louis captain. ESOP tweeted Tuesday morning. He was murdered by looters at a pawn shop. He was the type of brother that would have given his life to save them if he had to. Violence is not the answer. Whether it's a citizen or an officer, rip captain. They asked for for help. So I'll ask you. I'll ask you. I'm not. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my opinion. Would you rather be dead or in jail? I don't know, man. Some people, man, live free or die, right? New Hampshire. That's what they say, isn't it? Give me liberty or give me death. If you were faced with someone who was trying to, was threatening your business or your life, I can understand not wanting to take someone's life to protect property. I, I totally get it. If it comes to a building and you're like, look, man, you can go in the building and do what you want to do. Some people don't. Some people say, I'm not going to trust that you're, you're going to be a good, like, you know, just a thief. I'm not going to trust that you come in and that's all you do. So it's really coming down to personal judgment, I guess. But in the end, you see what happens. You defend your store, jail. You don't, death. There's no guarantee those are the two answers, mind you. But it's, 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 it's horrifying to see these two stories only a couple days apart. Take a look at this one, Daily Mail. Moment armed vigilante tried to stop a bank from being robbed as looters cash in on George Floyd protests. This is, uh, it's getting beyond scary, I'll tell you, man. I don't know if I can show you this photo. I don't think I can. I, I really don't think I can. It's a man, outstretched arms, holding a pistol, pointing it at people who are looting a bank. This is what we can expect moving forward as more and more looters try and take advantage of the situation and property owners are stocking up. I saw a photo from Long Island. I've talked about this all day. You've heard it in two of my segments now. Record gun sales. There's a line outside the door of a gun shop, two hour wait time to get in and buy a gun. You thought COVID was bad. You thought the pandemic was bad. Well, what do you think people are doing now as the police stand down in New York? Man, I don't know if I have this tweet pulled up. Let me see if, let me, let me see if I have it. Danny Gold tweeted, questions the last two nights of whether NYPD was standing down allowing looting in Manhattan, texted cop source, quote, I would say so. I am not risking being hurt for property, especially if I do and I use force and I get in trouble. Adds they feel abandoned by elected officials. I, I, I don't blame them. This is, uh, this is what's happening. I pointed this out in the other segment. In New York, they're facing a kind of paradox where if they stop the looting, then all anyone sees is police throwing down seemingly peaceful protesters. Why? Because they haven't looted yet. 
If cops get them after they've looted, people complain they're not stopping the looting. And if cops do nothing, well, then people are looting and the cops aren't doing anything about it. So it really is a very challenging position for the police. You also have these videos of the police actually firing gas at peaceful protesters. Our media is being inundated with cities across the country that have different, a, a, a different approach to enforcement. In a pawn shop, this guy is said, they, they arrest him, charged with murder. Yeah, at a bar in Omaha, well, that guy gets self-defense. Not every jurisdiction treats these rules the same way. Because of this, activists on the left are selecting media that benefits their narrative. And the same is true for many conservatives. But I think for the most part, as we know, conservatives tend to follow both, both sources. And most of the people I've seen talking about what's going on have talked about the police excessive use of force and have absolutely called out the officer in Minneapolis. Those of us kind of in the middle are seeing it all. So what do I think? I think you got to protect yourself. I think I would rather be alive than dead. And I think that the escalation is, is here and there's nothing you can do about it. There's already videos of people walking outside. I, I showed it in, in, my, in my main channel segment with guns. We've already got it. People like uh, getting out of there. Uh, a guy gets, pulls a gun out of his truck and, and yells, get back, get back. The cops took the gun and arrested him. What did he do wrong? What was illegal? That's the other scary part of this. The police choosing to take you out, take you down to appease the mob. So this guy who gets arrested with a the gun, they're worried about the mob turning into a riot. So what do they say? Well, you didn't break any laws, but hey, we got a mob on our hands. So we arrest you. It might simmer them down. That's, you know, maybe they'll drop the charges later. But is that really the world we want to live in? Because you know where we go from there? Some, uh, uh, eventually, someone's going to show up to your house. And it's not going to be protesters. It's going to be police. And they're going to say, you've been accused of this, that, or this by protesters. And because of that, it's easier just to get rid of you instead of dealing with a riot. Once the police start making this decision, violating our constitutional rights, then we're in serious trouble. My biggest fear, because we've seen this in other countries, you have a riot, you have a mob, and they'll say something like, so-and-so said hate speech, they must be arrested. The police are then looking at this crowd of hundreds of people, thousands of people with pitchforks and torches, and they say, listen, if we ignore this and say the person didn't break any rules, then we're going to end up with a riot on our hands. So why don't we just arrest this one person? And they do. And that appeases the mob for a little bit. In the United States, we have a constitution, but I'm not convinced it would be upheld. The Constitution, for the most part, is Swiss cheese by now. Protests were deemed illegal in New York for COVID. You can't do that, but they did it anyway. The government can't, you know, in the legal sense, physically, they can and they will. So here's what I expect. There will be high profile individuals, trolls. Uh, uh, what's the right way to put it? You know, edgy boys, people on Twitter saying things like, you know, F this, F that, these rioters, these protesters. The riots will get bad and they'll demand something. Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe soon. We will see the police eventually say we can make up some kind of charges, right? How about we call it uh, incitement? Because that's not protected speech, right? Boom, there it is. Then they say it's incitement. They come to your house and they arrest you because the mob demanded it. That's where things get scary. And that's why, you know, the smart people lay low. They, they have laid low and they're leaving and getting out of the cities it was only uh, an hour or so ago. I'm in, I'm in the suburbs of Philly, man. And sirens, several vehicles, and a helicopter flying overhead only a few miles away. 
What should you assume about it? Why would there be a low flying police helicopter over an area? I think we know why. These things are spreading. I'm getting reports that the Chicago suburbs are being hit. So what are you going to do? Most of Americans have rushed out to buy guns. Most of the conservatives already have them. And the preppers, they've been laughing the whole time. Good on you, preppers. You got us. (laughs) You were right. I got one more segment for you in a few minutes. I'll see you all shortly. Nothing makes sense anymore. How do we how do we understand what's happening all around us? I saw a post from somebody on Facebook saying that it feels like standing in an earthquake trying to figure out what's happening. Thousands of people out protesting for Black Lives Matter all over France. How? Why? COVID? What? Look at this tweet. I said, well, either we have defeated COVID or everyone is going to die. So whatever, I guess. At this point, I'm sorry. The, the establishment has lost all credibility. And with this loss of confidence, I fear we really are moving into some very serious destabilization territory. How can there, how, what did Lincoln say? A house divided cannot stand. Is that what it was? I could be getting it wrong. I don't know what's happening. I don't know anymore. They told us the coronavirus was this dangerous plague. And then overnight, they don't care anymore. Overnight, they're allowing riots. The stories are gone. COVID just disappeared. What was the entire news cycle? I don't know what to think. I remember early on, I was like, wow, it sounds like this is bad. We saw the governments were reacting. They were panicking. Maybe it was panicked. It's induced hysteria from social media, all these governments reacting this way. But it doesn't explain all the, all the people who died. Then we saw stories. Elon Musk tweeted this. USA Today. Hospitals that claim COVID patients get more money. Many conservatives were saying they think the numbers were being inflated. That doesn't actually make sense. It still doesn't. Because there was an excess number of deaths based on the average number of deaths we would see. So in New York, for instance, you would see X many deaths per day on average, and it was well above. A lot of people speculated maybe it was being sedentary, being locked in the home. It was people not going in for treatments. There's a lot of reasons to to say it. But I'll tell you what, right now, man, either we are going to see a mass explosion of lethal COVID cases in the coming weeks, in about a week from now, we should already be seeing it, or what? It was all fake? It was never real? I guess they'll just say, we we, we won. We defeated it. We got herd immunity just like that. Why are we still locked down? Like, why, why, why hasn't New York reopened everything? Why can't I go to Best Buy and buy the speaker to listen to music as I chill outside? Why not? Why, why is Atlas Jim being threatened by the governor? Why can't you go work out? But this, Europe was hit harder than we were. I don't even know what's happening. Here's Cuomo. He is warning that the protests could spark coronavirus comeback in New York. All right, we'll see what happens. This is from the New York Daily News. They say the demonstrations that have rocked New York City and other cities in the wake of the death of George Floyd could potentially be infecting hundreds and hundreds of people after everything that we have done. We have to take a minute and ask ourselves, what are we doing here? Cuomo touted huge gains against the deadly virus, noting that overall hospitalizations, intubations and new hospitalizations due to COVID-19 are down to their lowest levels since the pandemic struck in the state. The state conducted roughly 50,000 tests on Sunday with only 1,000 testing positive. The progress is phenomenal. 
But the riot's been going on for a week. How come when the conservatives came out demanding that the states reopen, there were all of these stories popping up saying COVID cases, COVID cases spike, COVID cases spike, 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 worst day ever, they said. They said South Dakota was a hot spot and that they refused to lock down. It's a hot spot. And what happened? Nothing happened. They were lying about everything. Okay, okay, not everything. We did see people get sick. But what is going on? Why did we lock down the way we did if South Dakota and Florida were fine, if Texas was fine? And now after all this riding, it's now what, day five? And what have we gotten? Nothing. Nothing but sirens and looting and rioting, death and destruction, chaos. And the establishment has lost all of its credibility. This is why I think we're in civil war territory. And I know a lot of people have repeatedly mocked me every time I've said it. They've told me that I was fear mongering and to calm down and all that stuff. And everything I see just paints this picture. I mean, think about it. You have a media. Uh, you know what? A friend of mine messaged me and they said something like, you've become slanted. And I messaged them back. And this is a friend of mine who's just wholly embraced leftist identitarianism. And I'm thinking to myself, like, it was only a couple of weeks ago that you made a post very nicely and calmly, politely saying, if you are going to go out and protest, please social distance and wear a mask. You need to understand you're putting people's lives at risk. Oh, because business owners were desperate. That's what they said. You're putting people's lives at risk. You need to understand this. Please, please don't do this, please. (laughs) What are they saying now? Please, please, please get active and join your local meetup. Oh, all credibility gone. This is why I think we're headed towards civil war. If there's no establishment that people can agree upon, if there's no culture for which we can recognize, then what are we but two fractured factions in different places? Now, I think the fact that there's no dominated pocket so far is stopping things from truly escalating. Have you ever been to Northern Ireland? Do, do any of you know anything about it? I'm sure many of you have. I know very little about it. I just know about you know some of the things my family members in the 90s were saying because I had relatives that were you know either in some way associated with with the conflict. It's, it's, it's nebulous, but basically people I knew who knew people there and family members who had distant family and stuff like that. But I went there a few years ago and it was amazing to me to see like, what do they call it? The peace wall, I think. On one side, you had a group of Irish people claiming to be Israelis or something to be Jewish. On the other side, it was really just like they hated each other for no reason. Now, I know people with more experience and understanding might give real reasons. But what I understood from the people that were talking to me is that whatever one side adopted, the other side just opposed and vice versa. And that's where we are. There will come a time when certain areas will have those lines drawn in the sand. I think so. The government has told us all of these things about COVID and the rural areas completely disregarded them and disagreed. South Dakota, good example. In North Dakota, they got people using tracing apps, tracker apps. Eventually, people are going to know what territory is which. For now, they don't. We know New York is a certain kind of territory and people are leaving. But what happens when you actually have hard factions? There's a group that literally calls themselves the resistance. So what is it going to be like MAGA versus the resistance? I have no idea. I do know these people have gone nuts. They chase and they've been chasing and attacking Trump supporters for a long time. Where that leaves us, it leaves us in a crossroads, I suppose. 
But I, I feel like we're, we're approaching, the, we have the, there's the potential for escalation or de-escalation. And we're just driving towards escalation because the train can't stop. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me try and keep it more on point because the, the point I'm trying to make here, NYC businesses already hit by COVID now must reopen amid rubble. I have this story. Coronavirus sparks insane evacuation from NYC. Movers say as residents head south. Maybe it's not a civil war. Maybe it's just a collapse. But the reason I'm bringing up civil war in this context is that there's no legitimacy to anything they've said so far. They told us all of these things and they didn't come true. I don't, so I, I don't know what to believe. It's possible I'm, I'm a little early. I'm jumping the gun. Maybe in a week from now, which is the, supposedly the average to maximum incubation time, we will see a wave of people just coughing and collapsing and gagging. And then what? All the Bernie Sanders supporting revolutionary leftists get sick and die? Or is it just going to be a tiny, tiny fraction? Because that's what the new data showed us. How can the American people trust in the government? There's a, there's, there's a lot that can happen. And it's hard to see the bigger picture because we're all looking through this pinhole at a mosaic. You know, we see only a tiny piece. Everyone's looking through a different pinhole, seeing something different. It's entirely possible that with the loss of confidence in the establishment media and Democratic government, they turn to Trump, who has been right. He's called for the crushing of the, of the riots and the American people support it. He's, his, his approval rating may, may or may not be fake. I have no idea. It spiked when he was dealing with coronavirus. He was right about reopening. And he's seemingly, you know, right about the ending the riots. Maybe what happens is that what's what's really happening is the confidence is being lost in the media and the Democratic establishment. And their last ditch effort is extreme violence. And that's what they're doing. They're lashing out because they've completely lost and they know it. What if what's fueling a lot of this is it's a combination of factors, but it could be that they know Biden can't win, right? So maybe this is it. They're, the last thing they can try and do is to burn it all down on their way out. Maybe Trump wins in November and they'll come back out and ride, or maybe they'll just be gone, crushed. I don't know, man. These past few days have been really annoying because every single story is the same. They're just little grains of hand, uh, little, little grains of sand making up a bigger heap of the same story about riots and violence and collapse and destruction, exaggerations. I, I'm seeing people get more extreme than they've ever gotten. Seeing people I once considered to be reasonable progressives now saying insane things. It's breaking my heart. You know where I'm going to stand on this one? Not with any of these factions. But let me end this with the culture war wager that I've mentioned before. If the right wins... I believe that most people will be completely fine. Uh, the terrorists, the revolutionaries, the criminals, of course, will get you know justice served. If the left wins, we're talking about leftist identitarianism. There's a video going viral where they make a woman get on her knees to apologize to Black Lives Matter because she's white. That's what you can expect when the left wins. The right isn't white identitarian. It's conservative. So what, what, what happens then when they win? You go to church? Okay. Uh, when the left wins, they make you get on your knees and beg. Other ridiculous nonsense. I'm not interested in any of this, man. We'll see how things play out. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out.